Welcome to the Easy Scaling Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shonda King, and together we'll be exploring how successful entrepreneurs are actually scaling to six figures and beyond. My goal is to bring you conversations that are honest and transparent and to share the real, raw, nitty gritty details about what works and what doesn't. Hello, hello. Welcome to our mini series all about money. We are getting deep in the weeds about actual figures, context, full transparency on how much we're making, how much we're spending, how that's evolved since we started. And when I say we, I mean myself and all of my guests who are joining me for this series. I'm very appreciative of everyone who who was brave enough to show up on this series and talk transparently about their revenue, their expenses, how much they're paying themselves, all of the things. I think this is really important and I hope that it makes at least some type of teeny tiny dent on our industry to get us closer to sharing openly about this and being honest and giving the full context of how we've done what we've done what our business actually looks like on the financial side so that we can set realistic expectations for other people in the online space. So I hope that you really enjoy this series. Alrighty. In this episode, I'm chatting with Katie Bambrick. Katie is a sales, marketing, and business coach. She helps online entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses with organic sales and marketing strategies. And it's her mission to help business owners 10x their sales confidence, create and launch offers that sell and increase their income and impact. And I love chatting with Katie because she's got a really cool, lean business and is just as passionate about being transparent and sharing context all around money stuff in the online space. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Welcome, welcome everyone. And welcome Katie to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you here and I'm I'm really like, I'm excited for this whole series and really grateful and like impressed and proud of everyone who's showing up on this series because it's kind of a difficult series to like be interviewed for. And it's been tough to find people willing to fully transparently, honestly share this information about money. Like no one wants to talk about it. What is that about? It's interesting, isn't it? I think money is still, even though we've come a long way in terms of how we speak about money and actually in the online space that we're in, it's spoken about a lot, but still probably quite surprising how many people even in that space still are a bit hesitant and trepidatious about sharing their figures. So yeah, let's, let's dive in. I'm excited. Okay. So let's set the stage for people a little bit here right at the front, which is tell us about how long you've been in business, what what that trajectory has looked for you in terms of revenue and where you're at now. Sure. So I have been in business for around two and a half years now. And I initially started out, so my business was a COVID business baby. I'm sure so many people are in the same boat. And I think you were in the same boat, weren't you? Was yours a COVID business baby? Yeah. 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 I have actual COVID babies, two of them, and a COVID business baby. A lot happened. A lot of babies (laughs) during COVID. I've just got a business baby, no actual babies. And I started during COVID and my hours at work were cut down part-time. And I had always wanted to run my own business and I thought, okay, this is a perfect opportunity. I had very low living expenses at the time. So I was like, right, this is, I'm doing this. So for the first six months, I was doing part-time my business and part-time that other job. 
And then eventually I went full time when I was making enough to just sort of sort of cover my living expenses. So it probably would have been making around two to three thousand pounds, which isn't much, but it was enough for me to be like, right, okay, my rent's covered. I can buy food. There's a roof over my head. Just, you know, I can I've had some savings as well. So I quit when I felt at a point where there were sales coming in consistently. And there was some sort of yeah consistent revenue that I could forecast that was going to be coming in. And then from there in my first full year going full time, that was more of a roller coaster. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> some months were really high and then some months took a bit of a dip. And I actually remember there was one weird month and I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this before, but I may, I think I had like a you know, a 5K month or something like that. And then the month after that was like a 1,700 pound month. And I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> so it was a little bit up and down. Yeah. And I think I learned, the, the, I learned a lot about myself and about business within that first full year of being full-time. There were lots of highs, but lots of lows. And I think it required a lot of mental resilience to make it through that, that first year, but I made it through. And my second year in business was a lot smoother sailing. So maybe I should say like the year and a half to two and a half year mark has been much smoother sailing. The The revenue is much more consistent. My income doesn't fluctuate as much month on month. It's pretty stable, usually anywhere, usually at least 5K to about 9, 10K a month is usually what I'm earning now. So it's much more reliable and more stable and consistent. So yeah, that's been kind of the journey since since I started. I love it. This is this is great. And you touched on a couple of things that I want to talk about. One is deciding when to quit your job. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people who are in early stages of their business, that is like always the turning point. And I remember that moment for myself. It wasn't with this business. It was with a previous business, but that is like a huge decision. So I want to dive into that. The other thing is around just like the type of business that you're growing. As you're talking about it, it sounds... And, and I know I have a little bit of extra context based on like information that you gave me ahead of time, but it sounds like you're building like a pretty lean business, right? Like I would not describe my business as lean and our revenue is like very high, like typically, you know, 30, 40, 50K months, but our expenses are also equally high, right? Like not... I mean, we're still making a profit, but that's a very different type of business. And so I want to talk about why you're growing the, your business the way that you're growing your business and what you think about that. So pick and choose where you want to start. Well, let's start with maybe we'll go in chronological order. We'll go with right. me deciding to quit. So I have to be honest, I was very fortunate in that during the time when I started my business. So long story short, I had been living in London and I came home to Perth in Australia for a friend's wedding for two and a half weeks, ended up being there for two years because of COVID. Wow. So I ended up staying with my parents for the first year. So I wasn't paying, and they were very generous, I wasn't paying rent or anything. So I have to be totally transparent. Like I was definitely in a very fortunate, privileged position to, to be able to do that. And I had some money coming in from the other job. So I was able to save a lot which gave me a nice little safety net so that if and when I decided to leave that part-time job and go full-time with my business, I had at least six months worth of savings that I knew if it was a huge, big, fat failure and I never landed another client again and I had to go out and find a, another job, then I would be okay. And I think I always recommend to my clients if they are considering, so some most people I work with are full-time in their business, but some people that 
I work with are not and they're still working on leaving their nine to five, I do recommend leaving at the point where you feel like sales are a bit more consistent, you have savings behind you and you are making enough to cover your living costs. Because I some people thrive when they when they do the full like screw it up it you know up it to the man up it to the man I don't even know if that's a saying you know what I mean suck it yeah. stick it to the man is what I'm trying to say and they end up quitting and just going full throttle in their business and that works for some people but for others it can create a lot of financial stress and I think if you can alleviate that financial stress by just knowing that you've got some money coming in and you're stable and there's some savings there just in case, then that is a good time, I think, to quit. For me personally, that is what I would recommend. And that's what I chose to do for myself. Yeah, that's great. And I love the context because this is what I'm big on. Like, I think context is one of the most important things that people should be sharing in this space when it comes to money. But when it comes to anything, like I, I don't know, I may have talked about this on, on an episode before. So sorry if anyone's hearing this again, but I got an email from someone who was like, oh, I only work three hours a week. I'm like, well, like, what does that mean, though? Like, and how did you get there? And, you know, there's so much context to anything that anyone's saying about where they're at in their business now. And I think it's so important to talk about the resources that we had or have and the the privileges, like you said, or just the different the different like leg ups that we had to get us to where where we are, I think is so important. Um. I, I did not wait until I had, um, consistent income or really any in- income before I quit my nine to five. Yeah. You were the um, first, you were the first the, people that were like, screw yeah, it. Doing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to go all in and I don't want the safety net. But mm-hmm. the context here is that I was married and my husband was making good money and we didn't have a lot of expenses and really we could have survived just fine on just his income. And, and so that in and of itself is like a huge safety net, right? Exactly. (laughs) So so I did still have it, but I think that's really great. That's great advice. Yeah. So tell us about the other, the other piece on like how you're building your business. Yeah. So it's, I love that you called it lean. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had someone it like that to me before, but it is. And the reason why I'm growing it this way is just because this is kind of just how I envisioned my business being ran, to be honest. And that might sound like a really overly simplistic answer, but I like that it's just me. I do have someone, I've got a VA that helps me with some tasks as well. And I do want to expand it further and further, but I never envisioned it what I do being an agency. I like keeping it pretty small. Who knows? It might end up evolving over time. I may end up wanting to hire other people that will end up coaching and then I'll be doing more of the front end stuff and who knows where it will go. But that's just the way that I wanted it to run. And I've seen people run businesses where it becomes more like a company and it looks amazing, but it just didn't seem like it was something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, yeah, I quite like it being like a one woman show and then having contractors to help me with other various bits and bobs. And yeah, it just works for me. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. And I've talked about this a lot too, because I do think that our personality and what we're wanting to build in the long term is usually what plays into this. And I love that you framed it in like, well, I built it the way that I actually wanted it to be like, of course, that makes so much sense when you say it out loud. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely more on like the other side. Like I like having a big team. I like having employees. I, I like having lots of things, projects, things to juggle, which is why 
I built it the other way. Like I immediately, immediately off the bat was like, we're going to build a team. Like we're going to have a team of a dozen people like tomorrow. Let's go. Yeah. You know? So I think it, I, I think that's a, that's an interesting thing and a cool thing to, to touch on around what are you actually trying to build in the long run? What do you want yeah. it to look like? And just start yeah. there. And you, exactly. and you can start with it being big or you could start with it being lean. I think yeah. either is cool. Yeah. And right. I'm open to seeing where it goes as well. I'm not married to the idea that it will always look this way, but at this moment, and I do run my business quite intuitively, actually. So at this time, this is what I'm enjoying. If I want to change it later, I'm open to that. So yeah. I'm just seeing to see how it naturally evolves, I suppose. Yeah, totally. And I'm, I am the same way. And I'm actually now going through kind of the opposite swing and that we built something really, really big right off the bat. And it was, it was great, but the life stage that I'm in right now, like I'm moving across the country again for like, this is like the fifth state we've lived in, in like three years. Like there's a lot going on and I'm like, Hmm, maybe I do want like a simpler business, simpler life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's, what's cool about owning your own business is that you can adjust in real time based on what's going on. And I think that that's, you know, start with what you think, see how it feels. You can always change your mind. Like that's what's cool. You're yeah. never stuck in stone. Nothing's ever set in stone. You can yeah. you can change things, and things can be malleable, which is what I which is what I really like. I like having the flexibility to to decide what my day is going to look like, what I want to do. It's a big, a very high priority of mine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, talk to us on the money side. Talk to us about a couple of things. How much you're paying yourself on a consistent basis, and kind of how you approach that. Are you salaried? Do you just do owner draws? And I know that there's like different things in different countries, but just kind of generally how you approach doing that. And then maybe we'll dig into like expenses and what you think about that. Yeah, sure. So again, in terms of what I pay myself, I don't set aside a specific amount per month because my income is much more stable, even though of course I've got a variable income because I, because I'm self-employed, but it is more consistent. I can forecast what I'm going to be bringing in and I know what my cost of living is and I know how much I want to spend. Like I sat down and I did a budget for, okay, this is how much I usually spend on eating and drinking out. And then this is how much I'm going to spend on food shopping. So I did work out a budget and I move across a certain amount of money every month. So maybe like not, not even that much really, like in terms of like for my rent and cost of living and things like that, maybe like two and a half grand I allow a month for everything. And then the rest just stays in the business account. And I don't necessarily pour into everything all at once. I sometimes make investments, whether that be in mentorship or something like that, which is usually the biggest expense for me is mentorship because there's no real other overheads. So a lot of my money does go and investments do go into mentorship. And I know we'll talk about expenses in a moment, but yeah, everything else stays in my business account. So I know exactly how much is there. Tax money comes out immediately. That's something that I've always made sure to do because I know some people do not do this and they end up at tax time having a massive panic attack. So that comes in straight away. I've got, I'm with a bank that literally the money comes in and I don't even touch it. And straight away it takes that 25% and puts it in another account. So that's really helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mentorship. Mm, it's a, it's a oh, doozy yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> I remember when I did all of my calculations and did a masterclass last year where I went through exactly what we've done over the last year and a half, what the expenses are, all of the things. And I looked at how much I had spent on like coaching. I was like, dang, that's like a yep. salary for someone for an entire It's eye-watering, isn't it? Sometimes you're like, oh my God, this is humbling. What yeah. on earth? 
Yeah, yeah. And if you're not in this industry and if you're not in entrepreneurship, people, like I've had friends that are like, and how much was that? And I'm like, I don't really want to say. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was 10 grand. And they're like, <gasps> like yeah, my husband's like, I don't get it. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm yeah. Like, well, <laughs> it's just part of it. Hey, it works. It works. It works. It's critically important. And I talk about this all the time. So I won't, I won't harp on how important support is. Everyone knows how yeah. I feel. About and I do that. it. That's what I do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah hey. I, I definitely understand the importance. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That's why I call it putting my money where my mouth is when I talk about how much I spend on mentorship and coaching and all the things. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the expenses then, like how do you decide what to spend money on in your business? What are some of your consistent expenses? That type of stuff. So my consistent expenses are a lot of the programs that I use. So I use Kajabi for my online courses, which is pretty spenny. I will say it's about like off the top of my head, I think it's about 200 USD a month for Kajabi, but that hosts my emails. It hosts all my online courses, it hosts everything. So it, and my website. So it is, it's worth doing. And then I have other things like, you know, the usual, like I've got like Canva and everything like that. So a few of those sort of subscriptions I have. And another big expense of mine is my VA. And that ends up being, I mean, he's not actually too expensive. He does around 10, 15 hours a month for me. So again, not a huge amount, but anything that I sort of don't really want to do myself, like email sequences or building a website page or something is what he does. So that ends up being around 400, 500 pounds a month for him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, So it is quite a lean business. It's lean. Yeah, it's lean. It's lean green. Yeah. So I don't spend a whole lot on that, but... But going back to what we were saying earlier, the mentorship is something that I do spend a lot on and learning and development. So recently I invested in a neuro-linguistic programming, which is a, a type of mindset coaching. I invested in a program to become an NLP coach because I want to delve more into the mindset side of things in business. I also have a mindset and business coach, which cost about 10,000 USD. So a year. A year. Yeah. Oh, sorry, for six months, for six months. Oh. And earlier on last year, again, I, same thing. I had hired a business coach and it was around 7,000 USD for six months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it is a lean business in terms of, yeah, monthly expenses coming in and out, but I have spent a shit ton of money on learning and development. <laughs> sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yes, I have totally. to beat me out. Okay, good. No, I've spent so much money on mentorship and on learning and development. That is the biggest expense for me, but it always comes back in in droves. You know, I always, it's an investment for a reason. Like I always make the money back on it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to harp on Kajabi for a minute because I am a Kajabi evangelist. Like I am (laughs) obsessed with Kajabi. That's what we use. That's what most of our clients use. So Mm. everyone listening, I will put my affiliate link in the show notes because (laughs) you should go sign up for Kajabi if you're struggling (laughs) with any of your platforms, like just get an all in one. And I Mm -hmm. know this from experience because operations is what I do. It will make your life easier. Anyway. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I I think that this kind of like this approach is really cool. And I do think I don't, I don't hear people talking about lean businesses like this very often, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I think I surround myself with a few people that run a business similar to me. So yeah, but they don't yeah. talk about like I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just because people don't talk about this generally, like behind mm. the scenes of like, what are you investing in? What are your expenses look like? How are you paying yourself? I don't know. I remember I was in a group one time where I was trying to figure out how much to pay myself. And I asked and like no one would answer me. I was like, dude, I'm looking for help oh, here. Like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> like, I just want some some like 
data, some benchmarks, like how is everybody else doing it? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, well, hopefully we're changing that a little bit with this. Yeah. I think it's important because as you said earlier, we sort of just see the tip of the iceberg, you know, we see people, I just had a 20 K week. Yes. Yes. But it's no, there's no context. There's no context. How much did you spend on mentorship? How many hours did you have to work to, for that amount to come in? How long have you been working on it? What was right. the month before that? Like, there is so much information that we just don't have. Yeah, It's kind of useless, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, but it's se- it's sexy and it sells. And it's actually messaging I try and stay very clear away from. I'm happy to talk about money, but I only speak about it with context. I don't just say, this is my huge big win. Like, I always give context because... Otherwise, you're setting people up to feel like failures. And that's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I was getting at is like people don't talk about these numbers like this. I think because the people who are talking about money publicly are throwing out such ridiculous numbers. And I'm not saying that they're always not true. I think some of them are not true. But even the ones that are true, it's kind of like you said, it's kind of unhelpful for people to be talking about like, oh, like I built a million dollar business and like. 30 seconds and, you know, blah, 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 without the context, because like, yeah, yeah, I can tell everyone that I hit a 50 K month in like six months of business, but that was part of a launch. So it was a lot of cash all collected at once. And I had a team of like 12 people, like, come on, like, yeah, I had tons of expenses. (laughs) Like, It's just, it's the context. And I, I just, I almost feel like though, those, all of those big numbers create this weird situation where people don't want to talk about real numbers. Like, I don't know if you feel like this, but when I was in my first, like in the first year and I was hitting these milestones and, and, you know, some months making 10 K or some, some months making 15 K and those are still pretty big numbers, but I actually didn't know that those were big numbers. I was like, wow, I'm like kind of a loser. I'm only, (laughs) you know, making this amount of money. And I'm like, there would be months where I didn't pay myself. And because no one's talking about what the money actually looks like for most businesses, I actually had a fairly like successful business in my first year and had no idea because all I was surrounded by was people talking about these numbers that were just kind of outlandish, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem. It's that there's zero context. People look at that and think, I only made two grand and but maybe they had no expenses and they probably yeah. actually made more of a profit than that person that made a 50k exactly. month that had to pay 12 people. Exactly. We just don't know. It's just all relative. And I think that this is a huge problem in the industry that we're in is that, yeah, great. Speak about money, but, but do it in a way that's open and transparent. Don't just yeah. say the sexy, cute thing. Like sometimes I feel like this industry is a bit like Barbie becomes an entrepreneur and it's like all the high level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cute entrepreneurship boss babe, hundred K months. And it's like, entrepreneurship is hard. It yeah. is hard. And yeah. it's so it's amazing. And I wouldn't change it, but there's so much more depth to it. And I think it, people want to start their own online, online coaching business, just based off seeing these numbers and seeing these people that are allegedly killing it. And then they realize that actually it's a lot of work and a lot of money that goes into it and a lot of yeah. time and energy. And yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a lot of work to do the business side. And then I think what also gets missed is that a lot of these businesses, coaching businesses, service-based businesses, people get into them because they see other people doing them online, but then they don't realize like you're creating a business to help people, not Mm -hmm. to hit income goals. Like if (laughs) you don't want to actually do client work 
and coach people or like do a service or do whatever, like you maybe shouldn't get into this business. And not like, for the right reasons. That's not, I don't know. I get frustrated with that because people make it out to yeah. be like, I don't know. I am not impressed. Well, you're in a service-based business. Yeah, you're, you're in service. I'm in service, right. And, <laughs> and I do, like most of what I do client work-wise isn't behind the scenes actual implementation anymore. I don't really do that. I do strategy, but that still means that I'm on with clients on calls or in Slack, you know, DMing or voice messaging. I still do a good amount of client work every week. And when I see people being like, oh, I'm you know, making seven figures and all I do is two hours of calls a month. I'm like, well, then are you really helping people? I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Like that doesn't feel yeah, we good have questions. Yeah, we have questions. <laughs> I've got some questions. <laughs> well, I didn't mean for this it's to go math this route, math but <laughs> it, it often does because I've felt really yeah. spicy about this lately. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to share with us about money? I think the main message, and I'm sure, I'm fairly sure it's come across quite strongly in this in this interview, <laughs> is that I think it's really important for women to talk about money, and I say women in particular because I think that we are socialized to not, and then it impacts the gender pay gap, and then it impacts us not asking for raises and negotiating. So I think speaking about money is really really important for women. However, I think we need to do it with honesty, transparency, and context. And I think that is something I'm really passionate about. And I make sure that you don't get sucked into this language that we see all the time online. Just because that seven-figure business coach speaks about money like this doesn't mean you have to do it as well. Find a way that feels good for you. And that is reflective of actually what's going on. <laughs> And not setting people up to feel like a failure. It, we don't want the filtered version of business. I think people want what it really is like to run a business. And that is what I've got to say about money. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You really summed up the whole episode. That was fantastic. I may just like <laughs> clip that out and use it for the intro. That can be that the sound great. bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. Seriously, thank you for coming on and sharing so openly. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jordan. I loved it. Loved our chat. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Easy Scaling Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, I will send you my 90-day planning formula. This is the same process that I use with all of my multiple six-figure clients to help them get organized, be more efficient, and scale faster. 